What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Now, like, let's just get to it. The whole secular sacred divide. There is no distinction in, in the scriptures. Some of us have trust issues with God. And right, some right. of us, yeah, it's like, does God really got us? engage the culture with the gospel that first has not engaged you no. like you know how people are like oh that's just who i am no, no. <laughs> keep, 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 keep. drop the mic drop drop the mic drop the mic shaping the code we are back with another episode of shaping the culture hope all is well with you guys hey i'm really excited about today's guest and the conversation I think it's much needed. I think uh, I think it was Francis Chan who once wrote a book entitled The Forgotten God, talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm excited to dive into that topic a little bit with our guest. Um, she's been on before, probably one of my top five, top five favorite guests yeah. of all time. Uh, she's a thinker, a writer, an author. Um, I just love the way she articulates her thoughts. The wisdom that God has entrusted her with is just phenomenal. I get better every time I talk to her, read her tweets, see her post. Um, and her faith amidst much persecution, suffering, trials. Uh, it's just so inspirational. Um, we've got none other than Kina with us. What is up, fam? Welcome back. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time. I'm happy to see yeah. your face. Yeah. It feels like it's a long time, but then it also feels like it was yesterday yeah, at the same right. time. I'm like, I just saw you. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, no, we're happy to have you too. Uh, we don't always get the privilege of having a guest come back a second time. So that when it does happen, <clears throat> it's really exciting. So thank you again for your yes and being willing to talk about your new book. Love Can. I uh, listen, I know it's a children's book, but I enjoyed a little too much <laughs> last night just reading through it. Um, first of all, I want to just talk about the 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 graphic design on this, the artwork. Phenomenal. Yeah. Like what? Why why was that so important for you to make sure that there was representation for black and brown kids and um, making sure that they're included in this conversation? Yeah, and then Adam Adam Grayson's my illustrator for this one, for this third book in the series, and he yeah. did just an amazing job. I had had some somewhat of a vision for the illustrations, but then he took it like to the next <laughs> level. Um, and I, I knew I wanted that that one spread. I'm sure you saw of the black traditional black church. And yes. he grew up, he's white, but he grew up in a black church. So okay. he was like, I got you, I got it. I'm like, oh, okay, good. I don't have to <laughs> try to spell everything out. So um, he did a great job, but yeah, representation is, extremely important like this is this book love can is the third in my children's book series with harvest house and really all three are it takes you through the journey of the story of scripture mm. in a very concise kid-friendly way and in a poetic way because i've always started out as a spoken word artist and a poet so yeah. that's yeah. what i'll always kind of be no matter what i do but yeah. um yeah so kind of taking kids through that storyline of the bible through a trinitarian lens of love mm. and through a in a poetic kind of way um and this last book love can highlighting the work of the holy spirit in us um I, and even in the book before and the book before literally all three books um mm. wanting to highlight the fact that uh you know well people in the bible like the actual people in the bible uh were most of them were would have been brown yeah, <laughs> so right. or black so <laughs> yeah. um so wanting to be accurate to like the historical you know culture i mean historical context geographical context all that right. um but in the second book, Love Gave, and talking, which talks about like the work of Jesus and like what He's done for us, um, our Romel Ruiz um, is Dominican American um, illustrator. He he did it. He's an amazing illustrator, and he he did such a great job in Love Gave, the second book, having all these different kids with different skin colors, showing their different culture, different clothing, hairstyles. I had kid with cornrows. Yes. It was beautiful. Um, and in this last book uh love can it's about the holy spirit who we cannot see right 
And that being sort of a pain, one, one of the pain points for kids or the, one of the questions that kids and grownups really have is, well, we can't see God. We can't see the Holy Spirit. So how do I know he's around? How do I know he's real? Um, and having in the illustration side, sort of centering this dark skinned black family as an example of a family in which the Holy Spirit is actively mm. moving through through acts of love and through kindness. Um, and so uh, to answer your question, I think centering the, especially the dark skinned black family in this, this last book um, is important uh, for the, the, just the lack of representation that is yeah. Christian literature and yeah. children's literature in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like going to Christian bookstores around here where I live now, um, or even just bookstores in general and going to the Christian section, when I go to the kids section, everyone's white in the Bible. And so um, what does that say to my daughter? What does that say to other um, children of color? Um, and I want, I want people to see, even in that spread with this book, you know, with the, with the black church, I want them to see that the spirit is active in spaces where uh, so, that are sometimes looked down upon um, and shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And obviously the, the biblical, you know, truth that God ha is creating a new creation and a new right. people right. Um, from every nation, tribe, and tongue of all shapes, sizes, and colors from every corner of the earth. Yeah. And uh, wanting to represent that in my books for kids to kind of have that ingrained in them from a young age, um, as well as adults to, to kind of see it as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I actually, you know, I being Ethiopian second gen, you know, a lot of my life, I grew up in the suburbs, you know, I was the minority in a lot of circles that I ran in, I went to a Christian high school and college. And um, I remember post graduation, you know, my call after I graduated college, uh, the university called me up to speak at chapel mm. and I remember the night before uh speaking I just couldn't <coughs> sleep and um, I was like yeah. is it because this is a lot of students is it because like, I was just trying to figure out where the nerves were coming from right and it, like clicked in the middle of the night I was like oh I've never seen an Ethiopian give a message wow. at my university and I felt this pressure to like if I don't do well I might ruin it for our people. <laughs> right. <laughs> you <know>? so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I, I think about representation, as you said, it matters. And to, to see people that look like me being used by God, mm. being filled yeah. by the spirit, being empowered by the spirit um, and serving um, with the Holy spirit. It's, it's such a powerful thing. And I, if I mm. had this growing up, if I had love can growing up, it might've changed the narrative for me a little bit and maybe, giving me more confidence than the night before speaking at my uh, Christian university. And so, no, yeah. I, I do appreciate that intentionality. And to your point, you know, when you read the scriptures, you look at the historical context, a lot of the people there are black and brown as well. And so, yeah. 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 I felt like that was a pain point. And then I also felt like um, if, if we're going to, if I'm going to write a book that continues the, the Bible story um, because love gave the second one is, you know, about our sin and yes. what Jesus has done for us, his resurrection, his death and resurrection, life, death and resurrection. And now love can is kind of like, well, now what? Mm. Like That's right. cool story. Yeah. What does that, what does that have to do? Like, what does that look like now lived out in my life? And what does that look like for me if I'm a five-year-old or a six-year-old? Um, because, kids are the royalty of the kingdom, mm, right? Like, wow. I mean, Jesus, when the disciples were mad at the the parents that were bringing kids to uh, see Jesus, to get blessed by Jesus, uh, Jesus rebukes not the kids, not the parents, but the disciples and mm. says, listen, let them come. Like children can and are used by God in scripture and in real life here now. I mean, the boy who shared his lunch, obviously, and yeah. Jesus used that to feed over 5,000 people um, in, a, in a miracle. Uh, his, his eagerness to kind of sort of be sub subversive 
it, for cultural norms, especially in that day where kids were devalued, where mm. women were and are still devalued, yeah. um, you know, where the disabled are devalued and, and those those who are seen as smaller or less than you see constantly in the gospel, Jesus sort of lifting up. And so um, I want for kids to read this book and also for grownups to, to know, um, but especially for kids, hey, you are an important part of your church family. You're mm. an important part of the kingdom mm. and God can use you too. God does use you. Wow. Um, we need your childlike faith wow. because as we grow older, we need to be growing younger yeah, <laughs> in a way, right. Um, right. paradoxically, right? Like, you know, you, you, like Jesus said, you must become like children to enter the kingdom. There's this humility that we need to learn from them, this yeah, childlike faith, this imagination, this ability to imagine and willingness to imagine that is crucial to our faith. And so I want kids to see in Love Can that they are an important part, but that they don't have to rely on mm. themselves to come up with the goods to be good or the goods to um, to do good. It, it is the power of the Holy Spirit, God's yes. superpower helper, um, that God has given to those who've trusted in him that is going to empower them to love even when it's hard, you know, even when it's hard to share my toys, even when it's yeah. hard to be nice to that boy who's been rude or, you know, it's it, like you don't have to be the superhero of your own story. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really good news for kids. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit it's a bit countercultural, um, but it is uh, good news because it's liberating because it's yes. like ah, it's liberating for adults as well. Like I, I don't have to be. Yeah, I was thinking, I was uh, meditating on Psalm 84 today, and it's like, blessed are those whose strength are in you, mm. are in God. Like, mm. this is basically what I'm trying to communicate in the book, is that you are blessed for allowing your strength to be uh, from God and not from sort of your own resources. Um, yeah. That's good. I, there's so many things that you shared that I want to pick apart at. Um <laughs> So I, you know, my cousin, Zeru's older brother, he has three kids and they worship at our church and they're all under the age of four. Um, so we're praying mm. for them. Um, <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. my goodness, mm. I have learned so much about faith just observing them. Yeah. Their curiosity, their willingness to help. I mean, we're a church plant. And so we're working yeah. late nights, early mornings, setting up, tearing down. And I just... You know, their oldest, Zay, he will, I mean, no strength in the world, but he will run up to us and try to be a helper and whatever oh. he can do, right? Sometimes he'll slow us down, but we encourage mm -hmm. it because he wants to be a part of it. And um, his yeah. ability to dream and imagine and just, you know, he'll watch the, the movie Cars and then um, he'll play. And it's it's like real life for him. And um, I've I've just... There's so much that has been restored in me watching them play and imagine and help yeah. and grow. And I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask you is why, why do you think we as adults feel like we have to step away from that? Do you think it's because we've shunned the children in the church and we don't see mm -hmm. their unique value in the kingdom? Um, there's so much to be learned about children. There's so much to mm -hmm. be learned about faith observing children. Um, yes. But what do you think happens along the way? Like what, as we get older, something something shifts what what do you think that is and and how can we get back to having childlike faith yeah yeah no i think i i don't know the exact answer i think though that there can be a sort of um i don't know like a false maturity of mm. like i'm beyond that elementary stuff and in a lot of ways we do like Paul encourages us to mature, right? You know, Hebrews talks about maturing, you know, in the faith, but there is, we forget that the fact that the faith itself is a paradox. And so, like I said earlier, as we are maturing in a lot of ways, we're becoming young or as in, I was in second Corinthians, like we're getting day by day, we're growing older, we're decaying, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day or in Psalm 103 where uh, he renews our strength like the eagles and so and it's like renewing our youth and so um some of the godliest people i know that are older they have a playfulness they have a curiosity they have an imagination they have a just a 
an eagerness to hear hear from God and openness mm. that, um, you know, I think uh, Jesus's parable might even be a little bit of a an answer to your question about the the seed, the sower and the seeds and the, the four different fields that he throws the seeds on. And sometimes life just lives on us <laughs> and right. it's just really hard and yeah. we can lose that childlike mm um faith that that uh okay god said it it's true boom that's mm. it you know we yeah. we wow. you know we we live in a little bit more nuance as we grow older and thankfully the scripture is filled with nuance and filled with uh things that are not black and white all the right. time right. and gives us that space um but yeah i just think about the 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 body of christ and paul talking about like you know the hand can't say to the foot we don't need you right like right. yeah we can't say to kids uh we don't need you mm. go over there no i'm not i'm not knocking like any um strategy in terms of like kids ministry i'm not trying to say there's one perfect yeah. way to approach that i'm just saying in, in general our attitude our our willingness to see them involved in um church life and uh right. things like that we can't say the hand can't say to the foot i don't need you because for all the reasons you just mentioned we do need them we do yeah. need uh, i mean there's even like i feel like science even backs it up there's like science about our research about um how our brains produce better and become more creative when we allow ourselves to play and so like wow. my husband and I will, will, you know, we've taken that to heart and like, mm. we both love soccer. So like, we'll always kick the ball around, even if, even if our daughter doesn't feel like it that day, like we'll, <laughs> we'll be playful. And you do notice like, man, I'm able to, to kind of think a little bit more clearly wow. or, or think more creatively um, when I allow my, that space and wow, kids are all about play. So yeah, we need a, to learn from them for that's, sure. That's incredible. Um, <clears throat> I love how you talked earlier about taking the pressure off kids to be the superhero. Mm. Um, that they they don't need to love on their own. That there is the Holy Spirit, and um, you know, I I I've been thinking about the Holy Spirit a lot. You know, our church actually went through. We did a whole sermon series on the Holy Spirit for three months, actually, and we felt like we yeah. only scratched the surface, mm. but. I was reminded of that series as I'm reading your book. And just like in a lot of ways, children need the Holy Spirit to love. We also need to love. I think the, the older I've gotten, the more I've trusted in theology, eloquence, speech, mm. um, being impressive. Yeah. Um, all those things kind of get in the way of the main thing. And, mm -hmm. and the main thing is the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I was reading... Jonah, through Jonah this week, and he reluctantly went to preach the gospel to the Ninevites, but mm. he gave an eight-word sermon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like an yeah. eight-word, he didn't want to do it, his heart wasn't in it, but because the power mm. of God was behind him, a whole nation repented, you know? Mm. And, um, and, and I'm not against strategizing, I'm not against preparation, I'm not against right. being eloquent. However, I do think all those things minus the Holy Spirit means no impact, you know? Yeah. And uh, I wanted to kind of ask, especially the world that we're living in today where we're so divided and it, it just seems like it's getting harder and harder to love. Um, mm -hmm. wh why do you think the Holy Spirit is essential in our evangelism, in our love, in, in, in our spiritual formation, in the way we do community? Yeah, I think, um, so like if you look at the the history of the African-American church or, or, or even the African-American church as a persecuted church or just per anywhere where the, the church is persecuted, yeah. um, I think we learn from them and mm. we, we ask, we kind of, whether we know them personally or not, we sort of ask them or, or look to their example to say, well, what, why is the Holy Spirit so important? Well, because when great acts of violence or injustice or or even minor inconveniences or yeah. or ostracization um are happening like we need a power greater than mm. ourselves mm. to be able to become whole um even through the act of forgiveness through ca calling out to god in lament and calling out to God for justice. 
Um, and so I think, you know, when, when Moses is like, show me your glory, mm. you know, uh, on the way to the promised land, cause he's, he's a, a pretty freaked out that God is like, I'm not, yeah, I'll send the angel, but I'm not going to go with you guys. And Moses is like, don't, don't let that happen, please. Yes. Um, and he asks God to show him his glory that the, the thing that God reveals about himself when he says, I'll let my goodness pass over you is his hesed. It's his love, which was like impossible, pretty much impossible to translate, as I'm sure you know, like, you know, steadfast love, loving kindness, love and justice, love and truth, like all of that wrapped up into this is who I am, you know, and well, how are we going to, how are we going to do what we know just through life experience is impossible for us to do at least on a consistent level or, or on a deep level. Um, it is coming from the one who, who in his essence Mm. is love. Like, bro, like that's who he is. Like, that's not just what he shows or Mm. like, you know, it's like a core, this is who I am. I'm Hesed. I'm, I'm full of Hesed. I'm, I'm, I am love. God is love. And, um, yeah, I mean, how, I don't I think of also Romans 5 the the that how the love of God is is tied to our perseverance and our character and it talks about in Romans 5 5 that the love of God has been poured into our hearts through his spirit who's been given to us yes. and um you know how, how can I how can I love like, or even if you just read the gospel, you're like, how can I love like that? Mm. How can, how can it, how can it be, you know? Um, and I think you only need to just live to experience how hard it is to, to love people sometimes, or even to love yourself. Um, especially if you're a victim of, you know, like emotional abuse or abuse of any kind, it's very hard to, to show that kindness to yourself, let alone to others. Um, So anyways, I I just think that the spirit is vital to everything, like (laughs) everything that has to do with our our walk with God. He is the helper that Jesus talks about in the book of John. He is the power of God that Jesus says in Acts chapter one. He is that superpower um, that, that God happily has poured out, scooped out, not in Mm. little drops in like, but really pour it out into our hearts. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if I answered your question, but (laughs) I think that the spirit's just, just vital for, for everything we do. Yeah. I love that. You know, they say discipleship is not only taught, it's also caught. Mm -hmm. And as I'm reading through your book, love can, I'm thinking about, you know, what are some of the ways that we can model trusting in the Holy Spirit, not only to children, but to our loved ones, our friends, maybe a world out in the world that doesn't know who Jesus is. Um, you know, what does that look like in practice to to put our cape down and to yeah. lean into the Holy Spirit and let him be the superpower, the superhero? Yeah. So, I mean, when you're a kid, the world is really big. I mean, even when you're an adult, the world is big. But when you're a kid, especially, everything's really big and can be a bit intimidating, especially if you don't come from a safe home. But think, even when and you do come from a safe home, your parents are sort of the superheroes. The daddy is stronger than any man you know, or mom is, you know, just amazing. And, you know, for us as parents, I think our generation maybe gets this a little bit better, um, Christian and non-Christian alike, which is to apologize to our kids, wow. you know, to, to as believers, really to repent before our kids, whether they're two years old, three years old, four years old, whatever age they are. Um, and I will say it's actually gotten sometimes harder for me as my daughter's gotten older. She's seven <laughs> I've been repenting to her for as long as she's been alive. Um, anytime I've shown him, you know, shown impatience or raised my voice, even when she didn't understand what I was saying and she couldn't even really talk, I would get kind of get on her level and go eye to eye and be like, man, I'm, I am sorry. That's not your fault. That's mommy. And I need Jesus. And, you know, uh, I got that from my, my older sister because that's how she parented so much so that one time my sister, 
I don't know what she did. I think she raised her voice or something and she went to repent to her daughter and her daughter was like, it's okay, mommy. Do you want me to pray for you? Because that's how, how discipline was done in their home. Like wow. we're going to discipline you. There's going to be a consequence, wow. you know, um, but uh, let's pray together, whether that's the child that's having a rough day or mommy or dad that's having a rough day or yeah. both of us, yeah. um, in which lately for me and my daughter, there's been a lot of days where it's been both of us having a rough mm. day and showing each other kindness and wow. not, and being patient with each other. So mm. I think, like you said, putting that cape down is showing, is being willing to, have that vulnerability uh, with our kids to see them as our neighbor and as our brother or sister wow. in Christ. So they are on equal footing there, as Peter talks about in his letter, like of, of like faith, right? Like yes. they're on, you know, even though he was an apostle and he's speaking to these these disciples in, in different places, he's like, you, you and I share the same core, you know, um, faith and value. Mm -hmm. And so um, seeing them as my neighbor, even if they haven't trusted in Christ. They're still made in the image of God, and and displaying that vulnerability, that need for God, um, for myself in my parenting or or otherwise, or you know, in an age appropriate way. I'm not gonna go tell her about all the the drama or issues <laughs> that are that are not appropriate for her. But you know, That's hey, right. mommy's mommy's a bit sad today, and you know, um, maybe we could pray about that and and ask God for help. And so, yeah. I love that. I, I'm just so curious. How has your daughter responded to that? Because I think that's a, such a beautiful model. Or maybe you've seen your older sister do it first. And how has there, her yeah, kids um, So I would say when she was younger, like four, five, she, even at our old church, like she would, she would want to like be up there. Um, but that, that's probably another thing. But she, she, um, when I would say let's let's pray and like ask God or I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? She was always very eager. I think now she's gone through this transition where we had to move out of Tampa, um, which which was all that she knew. All her friends were there and stuff like that. And there's been a disconnectedness with a lot of those those friendships. And so she's lost a lot of friends, even as we have. And so um, she's wrestling with some pretty big stuff for a seven year old, I think, um, as well as just yeah, just being in a new place. And so I think her. I, I wrote a poem about her on my Instagram. I write a poem for her every year, but um, that kind of just shows like what she's like that year. And this past year, I think it was a lot of um, like her growing, the way I put it, I think was like growing ridges on her childlike mm -hmm. faith, like growing a, a little bit more depth and nuance and having to learn how to forgive, having to learn, you know, um, how to direct my anger to God. Um, yeah, because she's seen me go through disease. She's seen me go through surgery. She's seen me be a deal with chronic fatigue and be in bed all day she's seen me not be able to have more kids and so she can't have a brother and sister like she's seen all of that and even in her young age it affects her and so i think the beautiful thing about where she's at right now in her faith is that she's um john and i as her parents are trying to give her that space to wrestle with god because we've needed it to do that as well and why wouldn't she need to do that you know in her own seven-year-old way wow. um so yeah again don't know if i answered your question but <laughs> no, no, but that's kind of like what what i'm seeing now is like i might say okay well do you want to pray and she'll she'll be nah, i don't know like you know i'm like okay well mommy will pray then you know because we're we're gonna in you know in this house we are gonna trust in, in god and we're going to depend on god um and we try to highlight for her hey you you know you know, maybe we we were both crying about not having friends here yet. And we prayed together and look like you met a new friend this week and, you know, try to highlight those these answered prayers for her as well. So not that we're doing parenting like perfectly, but I don't know, for me, like you said earlier, it's just observing her and being a student of my daughter. Um, and even just a stu just an observer of her and my husband's relationship, it has taught me so much about God uh, and re-taught me things that I maybe assumed about God that were wrong. Um, yeah, than than many books. So yeah. No, I love that. 
I, I want to like hone in on something here. This is so good. I'm being blessed by this and I'm learning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is, um, you know, growing up as an African, East African, um, there was no safe space to wrestle. <laughs> you're right. It's it it like, you're going to worship God. And if you don't, you're going to be punished. And mm. I think what that did for us is a lot of us, we left the faith before we really left the faith. If that makes sense. Like there was mm -hmm. in our hearts, we departed before yeah. we were able to physically depart because we were under our parents' roof. And I think what I've seen growing up is there was no trust in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, we you know, we wanted to play God. So it's like, I'm going to shelter you and I'm going to make sure I control your environment. And I think that's mm -hmm. important to some extent. You know, I'm not saying mm -hmm. that we should be negligent in, in what we expose our kids to or what have you, but I, it, it, it felt suffocating a little bit. I didn't feel like I had the freedom to let God do what he does best. I felt like mm -hmm. my parents and the culture and the church at large was trying to just hold on to me tighter than Maybe even the Holy Spirit was, or maybe, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, can you talk about the difficulty of letting God be God? Because as a parent, I'm sure there's so much temptation to force her to pray or force her to understand, but backing away to, again, for even to use, borrow the language you wrote in the, you know, taking the cape off and then letting mm -hmm. God minister and let, giving her the freedom to wrestle and you doing your part, parenting, praying, but really surrendering mm -hmm. that to the spirit to do his work. What, what has that been like? And, and how has that played a role in your spiritual formation? Well, it's definitely been a collaboration between my husband and I. So I've leaned yeah. on him a lot. He grew up uh, with, you know, a, being a pastor's kid and, yeah. you know, dealing with all kinds of church drama from the pastor's perspective and, yeah. and having to deal with a lot of spiritual warfare, dealing with a lot of slander, lots mm. of, plus his, his parents are, you know, Afro-Colombian, so you got the racism, like you just, right. he's dealt with so much, but he's come from such a solid foundation and legacy of, of faith in his family. So I have leaned on him a lot, like, wow. hey, how did that you know, how to, you know, and it's not that we take, you know, a carbon copy of exactly how his parents parented in every way, but we learn from a lot of the great things that they did implement. Um, but even for me, like, you know, maybe not growing up in that same type of environment, um, I've, I am just as much a believer and I, I, I get to re rely on the Holy Spirit as well. I think um, that question I would really want to hear from a parent of teenagers because okay. I cannot, like, I'm so not ready. Um, but I, God knows that I'm not ready and maybe he'll make me ready by that time. But yeah, yeah. Um, even at seven, just the, the changes in their, in their body, the changes in um, their attitude and, and the way that, like I said, they're processing anger. For me, besides leaning on my husband, having, like you said, to surrender frequently, yeah. thinking about the book of James where it says, you know, <laughs> for those who don't have wisdom, go ahead and ask yeah. because God is not going to punish yes. you or look down upon you because you need it. Like if you lack wisdom, ask, he gives it freely yeah. um, and without reproach. Uh, but it's also for me, it's, it honestly has been going to therapy and, and mm. dealing with uh, engaging my own story, mm. engaging mm. my own trauma with professional help um, along the way and uh, processing those things. Um, not that I, I feel like I'm just starting, but, um, but even just in the time that I have spent in seeing my humanity dignified and my wounds uh, dignified in, in that therapy space, um, that's allowed my parenting to hold a broader space for my daughter and the nuances of, of humanity, you know, in her and her experiences. Like I, we had this summer moved, we transitioned from one city to another. And so, like I said, she's, she was, she still is, but she, especially in the summer was dealing with wrestling with that, especially because we moved primarily because of my health and needing that support. And so why mommy's health made me lose all my friends. Wow. Mommy's health made me, you know, not have any brothers and sisters. Why did God give her a disease? And these 
these things she was wrestling with, but outwardly what we were seeing was her snapping at me, her, you know, acting out and really not being her typical cheerful self. It kind of reminds me of the movie Inside Out, like when she, anyways, but that's another point. Um, so she was kind of doing that. And my gut reaction, being a child of a Caribbean parent, um, <laughs> I, was to be like, you know, get in, you know, and I, a couple times I was like, like, I'm so ready to just go off. Yeah. And, and be, partly because of therapy, and I know this is the work of the spirit too. I was like, hey, let's, what, let's sit, like, what's going on in your, do you feel like, um, kind of give her the mm. option of emotions? Like, do you feel maybe a little angry at this or sad about then and, and she was like on the verge of tears like I, yeah i want i wanted a brother and sister and why did god give you a disease and why did you know like just really valid and i was able to yeah. tell her like listen these are things that i feel have felt angry wow. at god for too and yeah. i've talked to god i'm you know we're allowed to talk to god about being angry about him or with him you know because it's a relationship like you're allowed to do that you're also allowed to express your anger to mommy and papi i'm not talking about being disrespectful i'm not talking about being mean i'm just saying you can express the fact that you feel angry um yeah and i think that was like a really pivotal moment in our in my parenting because it was her her and me just sitting on our stairs yeah. and her being like i can so that's like almost like it clicking in her like, so that's an option like that i don't have to just hold it in and yeah i know that she'll she'll continue to wrestle and and have to relearn that lesson just as we do but um i'm just hoping as a parent to provide her the broadness of space in her human humanity and in her human experience that God gives us um, in the scriptures and as we walk with him. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You're showing us that you, you even need the Holy Spirit to love your daughter well. And, you know, in moments yeah. of I don't know who you think you're talking to. <laughs> right. Which I've had, like, which I've had, you know, and I, and I go back and I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but that yeah. Frequent surrender and showing that you're not the hero in the story that God is and that we all need Jesus. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. I, I love it. I love it. Why, why do you think, you know, when you're writing this book, who are you thinking of and why do you think it's important for them to pick this up and implement this in their parenting and even for their kids to understand who the Holy Spirit is? Hmm. I think when, when you're thinking of audience, it can be really intimidating, at least for me, to think of, okay, I'm writing a book for children ages four through six or four through eight. Um, okay, what do all of them, you know, it's very hard to think of a big group and then try to create something that, that reaches them in those specific. So for me, I try to think of the one. And for, because God has given me a daughter, that's, and she was like, four, I think four, four and a half when I wrote Love Can. Now she's seven. Um, maybe she was five. No, I think she was four. And yeah, so for me, it was the one and just thinking about just again, being a student of her, what are the things that are hard for her? And it was sharing her toys. It was, you know, she was very involved. We were both all very involved in our neighborhood with the neighborhood kids. We had a little, it was just amazing in that neighborhood. We had so many, um, just friendships with the kids there. And so there was inevitably conflict between the kids and words shared. And <laughs> these are things, I'm, and then as well as her theological questions, like, okay, I can't see God. Well, I, how do I know he's here? How do I know, you know, he cares and things like that. So um, just thinking of that one audience member being my daughter has honestly been the inspiration for all three books in this series love made being the first one she was i was pregnant with her so it's not like i was having conversation with her but i was just imagining how would i explain to her the creation story how would i explain to her how she got here um that she was made from love that she's made in the image of god how would i explain that to her uh when she's a little kid okay that's love made and then love gave well, how do we explain this really hard topic of sin and judgment like what like how do i explain that to a precious five-year-old you know um what jesus has accomplished like okay i'm she was three i think at that time i'm thinking about how to explain it to her then now with love can it was the same you know how how do how do four to eight year olds need to love i just 
I look at my daughter and I see her, thank God she is very emotionally honest and, and honestly emotionally intelligent. Um, and so I, I'm able to get access to some of her her struggles and her, her wow. thoughts um, and observing her love for superheroes, which mm. is the theme the superpower superhero theme in love can is something that of course she and and uh, the other kids in my life uh, all love including me like we love dressing up and um getting into our superhero outfits and you see for for my daughter she was outlet one time i got her the the costume and she did not take off that costume outlets from um, pj mass it's they're like little superhero kids but anyways she wore it and she didn't take it off for like two days wow. and she became the character yeah. you know she it's like something changes when they put it on and so yeah. it's kind of taken that that same idea and saying okay mm. what if that superpower were actually in you mm. in your heart by True. god it's god's power and the superpower to love like jesus yes. is actually greater than the superpower of yes. flying over buildings or running super fast or whatever other super powers we all imagine we wish we had so um yeah i always just think of the one just think of her yeah that's awesome that that reminds me uh michael b jordan you know they were asking him you know some of the things that he learned from denzel washington i think creed 3 is the first movie he directed and uh, i think denzel washington told him you know with the art of storytelling the more specific you are the more universal you become and yes yeah. yes exactly 100 percent. and i think scripture is filled with examples of that obviously yeah. um but also like when you watch movies and the villain the ones that like kind of tank in my mind are the ones where the villain's like i'm just gonna take over the world yeah. and or i'm gonna kill everyone in the world and you're like can't do that. Like that's a horrible thing, but you're just like as a viewer, you're like, okay. But if it's like I'm gonna abduct that, not trying to give it, but you know, I'm yeah. gonna abduct that child or I'm this this person, mm -hmm. I'm going to attack. Like you're like, no, yeah. that one person must be saved. And wow. yeah. um, I, I think about Jesus's uh, mm. ministry and his willingness to stop for the one. Yeah you have crowds and it's not that he didn't minister to the crowds and feed them and heal many of them and and teach all of them but it was his willingness to stop for the woman who mm. has the issue of blood you know like yeah. teacher what are you doing like everyone's touching you what are you talking about yeah, yeah, <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, no 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 there's this one yeah. and uh yeah, I, I don't know sorry. i appreciate that uh as much as you know, maybe we need to be encouraged in our individualistic Western society to think a little bit more communally and uh, collectively. There is still that individual, you know, gaze of God that right. that we need to, um, yeah, embrace and experience for ourselves. Yeah, no, I love that. That's so good. Kina's always bringing it back to the gospel. That's what I love about having these conversations <laughs> with you. <laughs> oh, man. I, I've got a couple more questions. I, we literally can do this all day long, but I want to respect your time. Uh, but uh, what's, what's, your, what's the win for you as you're seeing kids pick up the book and read it, as you see the kids engaging with their parents surrounding, you know, some of the things that are discussed in the book? What, what do you hope to see? What, what, what's the win for you? Man, um, well, that's a great question. I, I think this morning I was, again, I was, I was kind of meditating on Psalm 84 and there's one part that's like, you know, rather be a doorkeeper in your house, you know, that dwell in the tents of wicked, uh, of wickedness and of the wicked. And, um, there can be, I think as an artist in general, whether it's children's books or whatever, I end up writing or creating this weird, tension of wanting to be seen, wanting to be known, wanting wanting people to like my work and yeah. promote it and, and it to sell well, right? Yeah. But if I'm honest, and I, I appreciate honesty from other people, so I mean, I should be honest, like I don't make a lot of money from these things. Like yeah. this is, I never have made, I've almost never made money from from art and art has been a lot of what God has put into me to, to offer to the body of Christ. Wow. But so I've had to learn and I'm still learning that the win isn't um, sales, although I still pray for it and I'm asked God, you know, for his provision, um, however he sees fit. But the win is to see 
lives. I sound so cliche, but I'm I'm being honest, like to see lives impacted or transformed. um, I really feel deeply that my calling and it's an uncomfortable calling at times, but I know it's true and I can't deny it at this point. And I think, you know, three, four years of chronic illness in a lot of ways has only clarified this calling for me. But the the calling I believe on my life is something like giving words to people that they did not have access to before. Wow. Yeah. Words about the inner life words about the human experience so that when somebody reads my words they receive the gift of empathy as Mm. well as the gift of clarity to be able to say that's what i've been experiencing that's how i've been feeling that's what i've been experiencing whether that's kids ages four to eight teenagers or grown-ups whoever reads the the variety of things i write you know i i feel like that's that's my calling is to give that gift of empathy through words to give that gift of clarity about the inner life as well as that gift of hope through asking you know and kind of pondering how does god's spirit interrupt this story how does he uh, come into this? How does he speak in, into this story or, or this experience or this struggle? Um, and so for me, a win is any time that happens, whether somebody comes back and tells me about that, or if yeah. I just trust and trust myself to God that this is the work, I show up to it and I send it out and God does whatever he does with it. But I yeah. will say the things that make my heart skip a beat and flutter a little bit is when parents send me videos and pictures Mm. of their kids reading it being engaged asking to have my books read over and over again each night like that to me is like wow like that's like winning a grammy you know Mm. that's like (laughs) i'm not a singer but like that's like winning a grammy or something it's like y'all want a grammy i get it yeah yeah like that like to to be a part of uh, childhood formation because we all have those children's books or children's movies that like mm. shape our childhood. Like yes, to yes. be able to have a hand in shaping mm. um, my child as well as other people's children's uh, childhood and their their experience of faith. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's insane. And a lot of kids Gosh. do memorize my books because they are poetic and they have rhyme scheme. And so they are not that too hard to memorize, I don't think. And so when they read them over and over again, there's parents who've told me their kids have have memorized my books. I'm like, what? Like kids spitting whole spoken word pieces? Like that's crazy. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) But yeah, so that's a win for me. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Listen, this is, I, uh, the last episode we recorded, I had some friends by love gave and uh their children enjoyed it and so i love it i love it well i want to know um i'm glad you're uh you know writing and things of that nature what's what's next for kina i know we invited you to glory conference last year and i know you know you had a lot life was lifing or what have you but we hope to bring you out sometime very soon we'd love for you to bless our community but more speaking engagements, more books, like what, what are you kind of, what's next for you? Yeah. I, um, I think I'm, uh, well, okay. Sorry. Let me answer your question. <laughs> sorry. Uh, my, I am finishing a book with Moody hey. Publishers. That's like a hundred day devotional on yeah. the love of God. I am trying to kind of come at it from an angle of the fact that story shapes our identity. And so this inclination we have to look at our ancestry, to consider our family of origin is a good one and one that we should be engaging because scripture is full of very human and messy and layered and intergenerational trauma stories. And so our inclination to engage our own stories is a good one and one that I want to encourage and also the story of scripture is a story of the ultimate story of love and it starts from before creation and so if that is the the ultimate story then my layered and complex identity and identities are ultimately submitted Mm. or um, informed, need to be informed by the ultimate story, which says that my identity is beloved. Mm. And so I'm trying to kind of 
come from that angle of story and identity um, when it comes to the love of God. Because there's like a million books on the love of God. So I don't, you know, I, 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 I still feel compelled to, to finish this this book. And um, other than that, I really want to write fiction. I did okay. actually, as we transition, I wrote a, a piece of my first piece of fiction. And so I've been kind of testing it out on a few nice. different people from different walks of life. And, and so far, it's been really, really positive responses. I've done like a million revisions. Wow. But I don't know anyone in traditional um, kind of secular publishing. And that's a, a piece that I, I wrote. But um, I think for me, in, in the darkness and mystery of the uh, the trauma really of the last like three four years um my faith has been really helped by pieces of fiction um mm. from christian and non-christian alike because of the willingness to um wow. to address like the human experience um it has actually ministered to me so fiction and and children's literature has been helpful um so i do hope to write fiction i do hope to write short story and kind of just see where it goes. Um, I, I want to, like I said, I just feel like that's the calling I have. And I don't know, it doesn't always pay the bills. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I want to be faithful to to what I believe God is, has given me. And um, I, basically, I'd I, I, sorry, this is my last name. I spoke to um, uh, an editor the other day at a different publishing house. I was just kind of getting her advice about uh, the piece that I wrote. And at the end of the conversation, you know, I, I told her, man, I'm thankful for your encouragement. I thought you were going to say, hey, you've you've written, you've published three children's books, you know, Christian children's books stay in your lane. Like, I thought that's what she was going to say. And she was like, honey, she was this older black woman. I love yeah. her. She was, so sweet. she was like, the whole highway is your lane. What are you talking mm, about? That's a word. <laughs> and I felt like that was like the voice of God to me, like, hey, uh, that don't you know, um, not to say that that lane isn't, isn't a great one. Um, and like I said, kids are the royalty of the kingdom. So it's always a privilege to write for them. But I do think, um, yeah, I want to just try everything. So we'll see. (laughs) I love that. Well, you know, I'm going to read whatever you put out. So I'll be (laughs) waiting for you. And, uh, yeah, thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your, your uh, willingness to use the gift that God has given you to encourage, you know, the body and really, um, serve us well it's it's i can't say thank you enough and uh, thank you for also coming on this podcast and sharing your insights your wisdom and the heart behind writing love can where can people buy the book Uh, thank you i just have to say you're really good at asking questions and making it feel so like a conversation like there was multiple times i thought i forgot we were recording um but yeah so thank you and you do an amazing job at what you do as well um but yeah you can go get my book anywhere online where books are sold. So wherever your preferred place is, you can go on Amazon, you can go on Barnes and Noble, Target, anywhere um, that books are sold online. Also on Audible, if you, I really wanna encourage Uh. people to listen to it because it is poetry in it. And so I perform it as a spoken word piece in the audible uh, listening version. And there's a little surprise seven-year-old guest at the end hey. of the audiobook. So get it on audible um, and enjoy it that way as well for you and your kids. Um, but Or you could just go to lovecanbook.com, either one. Awesome, awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. Make sure you cop a copy or two. Post it. Let Keenan know that you and your kids are reading this. Um, it's it's great. It's good. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, until next time, family. Uh, peace and grace.